Ahoy, everybody. Uh, we wanted to drop a different podcast episode into this feed today. One, because we think you'll like it. And two, because, well, I'm on it. Uh, the podcast is History of Heat, and it's two very funny comedians, Yasser and Isaiah Lester, and they discuss the history, impact, and future of culture's favorite topics, ranging from sneakers to video games. Uh, in this specific episode, they're talking about collectibles, and I'm on it talking about my burgeoning basketball card collection. But the podcast is about so much more than that, and it's got very funny guests. So if you like this episode, subscribe to The History of Heat wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy. This is a HeadGum Original. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and every kind of person in between. God loves you. This is History of Heat presented by HeadGum and Say, you like that? I would, I would stick to your day job and not try to be the black dude from Police Academy. Okay, well, Isaiah, I thought we were going to be on a more positive vibe this morning, but I can there's a couple black dudes in it. I mean, I mean the dude who did the sound effects. I uh, yes, clearly. Not that, I didn't not think you thought was the, I didn't think you thought I was the big OJ dude. Simpson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude hoops like OJ. <laughs> Zay, you know, um, we've covered a lot of ground on this podcast, right? We've talked a lot about culture, sports, fashion, favorite brands, favorite designers, uh, why grown men shouldn't wear Billie Eilish sneakers. That was specifically a you thing. Um, I, I, I personally don't believe in policing older men who want to wear teenage girl shoes. I personally <laughs> think that it's okay if a 40-year-old man wants to stand in line to get teen girl shoes. I would never tell a man to not do that. That's something that you need to do, and you need to stop policing men's bodies. How about that? Man, I tell you what. I would cat Yasser from that defense i would wipe your hard drive like i don't know what you got going on i would go home and i would wipe it out okay oh one thing we haven't talked about isaiah uh, explicitly the one thing that everyone cares about except for me because i'm a good christian boy money right uh it's how the things we collect uh our dead stock sneaker collections our trading card collections our comic book collections have real financial value yeah, and you said it yourself, man, in the first episode. All kids are rich now. The kids that are shopping in Soho and these kids that are bidding against me on StockX, they're all rich now. It's very annoying. And the main question of this episode is how do all these kids get so rich? Yeah, I mean, like, okay, sure. Some of them were born rich, right? But a lot of them were also born very rich. And then also more of them are getting rich uh, doing the same stuff that we've been talking, right? Like flipping sneakers, investing in Supreme, uh, selling basketball cards. This is a whole new economy of uh, of hype, right? Yeah, there's there's always been a money side of it to all this stuff like all along. But the way it is now, it just really feels new. Right. I, I would say specifically for, you know, trying to like dig into it. We want to talk about like the collecting and investing side of things, right? Like sneakers and streetwear and cards and comic books. These aren't just things that you buy and wear to show off your friends anymore. Like now they're assets and investments. It's it's uh, like a stock portfolio or dare I say a stock X portfolio, Isaiah. Ooh. 
<laughs> oh, you didn't know I was going to do that to you. <laughs> um, so that's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, we'll be talking about collectibles. Uh, we're going to be talking about trading cards. Uh, we're going to be talking about sneakers as investments. Uh, we're going to be talking about all the different ways people turn their collections into money. So this episode, we've got Michelle Buteau, the host of uh, Netflix's The Circle. Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Circle. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be talking about her collecting habits, what she's into. We have Amir Blumenfeld, the co-founder of HeadGum and the co-host of the podcast, If I Were You, to talk about his trading card portfolio and maybe where our checks are. <laughs> <laughs> maybe our, where our paychecks are as well. <laughs> Oh, God. And we've got uh, Sworn Enemy, number one hater, dude that we cannot stand, senior stock ex economist Jesse Einhorn, to tell us how to get rich. Now, this is History of Heat. Zay, it's been a long, winding road, you know, for us uh, becoming adults. There's been a lot of hustles. There's been a lot of money-making schemes. There's been lots. Yeah, I, I do. You, do you kind of remember the first thing that you, like, you quote unquote flipped? I would have to say, like, I think in my earliest flipping days, there are probably like basketball jerseys. So, like, old basketball jerseys I'd have, and I would take them to, like, you know, play it against sports or somewhere like that and see what I could get for them. Or, like, you know, uh, a vintage thrift store or something like that. There's two There's two parts of my jersey journey. Yeah. The first part was, like, I liked – if I liked a player, uh-huh. I would get their jersey. Right. Like, one of my first jerseys was a Grant Hill Pistons jersey, though I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah, and the Pistons are hated rivals of ours. I had a Pistons jersey. Right. And then I migrated out of that, you know, and I became a jersey loyalist. And now um, I only really buy jerseys of teams that I support. But in terms of trading and stuff like that, I would think my earliest memories uh-huh. are of jerseys. And then it went into shoes. Yeah. And um, being, I didn't know, I didn't understand the power of it either. And like, and back in the day, I would literally just sell them on. I would just sell them on Craigslist. I would yeah. just post them. I make a yeah. math, I make a big post, and then I would get five responses about people who actually want to buy the shoes, and then five more of people who just wanted to have sex with me. Um, so, uh, well, to be was, fair, that's <laughs> on you for also posting a picture of yourself next to yeah, the shoes. It's just, it's just, it was just like it was just like a pair of Jordan eights, and then my nipple. Like, yeah, those, see, those again, that's that's <laughs> yeah. you were doing Anthony Weiner style photos where it's just like you <laughs> laying in bed with a shoe next to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I that's that's how I used to sell them. Um, yeah. And that's really before like StockX and eBay uh, became like a really big player in that game. Yeah. And I would it was so awkward because like I would roll I would meet these people. We meet yeah. in the in the Ralph's parking lot on yeah. um, Vineland near Magnolia, yeah. uh, and I meet them there, and uh, I would show them the shoes. They would buy them, and I go straight to the bank to make sure they didn't give me counterfeit money. 
Yeah. Um, that's yeah. how I, that's how I would do it. Um, but what about you? What are your earliest, uh, sex trading memories? <laughs> <laughs> sex and gear trading memories. I mean, <laughs> I, I can, I can go as far back as yesterday. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize people were selling shoes like that. Like, I moved out to L.A. Isaiah moved out, like, right after me, like, right out of uh, film school. And he was already, like, on it, right? I remember, like, one of the things he, like, flipped for and got dough was, like, uh, a pair of Jordan 2 infrareds. And he flipped them for something else and then, like, also got some money for them. And I was like what like i i because I, I was like 20 i must have been 23 at the time and like all i knew truly from being in la was like flight club like i don't even remember there being like reselling stores in atlanta like that but we also were kind of out in in marietta so it's like that that kind of culture hadn't really made it out there so it's just like all i remembered was like going to fight club on fairfax because i wanted and now I can't even remember, which is like uh, such a bummer. But they're the SB Donk Lows that have like the uh, they're like I, I, the name isn't Desert Marauder, but that's who's on the tongue of the sneaker. I can never remember, right. but it's, and it's got like the two uh, swords, and I just like those were like a grail of mine. As I'm saying this, I couldn't remember, and I was like, "Whoa, these are pretty ill!" And I grabbed them, and it was like five hundred dollars, and I was just like, "This is what." So then Zaya came out and started doing it. So I just like got more into like the sneaker part of it. But again, like the thing that like kind of no one tells you, and this is though it's the great equalizer being online. It's also like one of the terrible things if you like don't have the bots or this or that. But like to really get in the sneaker game, like you have to have sneakers. Like no one tells you that. You kind of <laughs> just you can't just come in willy nilly. Like unless you're again one of these rich teens and it's like I have seven hundred dollars to blow, which is like that's like an impossible amount of money to me, right? So like it's like and again like unless you have something to put up to also get the cash and then flip those for another thing, like you're kind of just like sol, right? So like. So I was always kind of watching from the sidelines. But again, Isaiah's always had like an ill collection. Like I've always been like, and I've kind of talked about this before, but like I was like a much more casual dude. Like, you know, I had, you know, I I had Nikes and, you know, I still had things I was proud of. I had SBs, but like I, I never had like rarities, right? I was like, I was wearing like New Balance and Sauconies. And like, again, like I, I wore like a lot of Nike Vandal Lows, which were like my, like to this day, still just one of the ill shoes of all time to me. So my my first like real trading experience thing came from comic books. Like I understood it with comics and, and comic cards. I knew that it's like, I can give like this holofoil apocalypse card and also mm-hmm. give, you know, like uh, a Spider-Man uh, number one Todd McFarlane with the silver webbing versus the gold and then get, you know, 10 bucks for those two things and get right. an a, issue of Wolverine 100. So, like, I didn't even realize that it could go with, like, you know, what I considered more adult things like shoes, you know. So I, I was just always in, in in that vibe of it. Like I was always constantly doing it in terms of like things that I consider like 
I, you know, children's entertainment, if you will, because I was a child at the time. But like, I, you know, like you go into a comic book store and be like, what can I get for these? Or like walk into like, a, oh, yeah. you know, a CD place and be like, what can I get for these CDs? Right. But it's like I didn't even realize there was reseller markets for all these other things, you know. I think, yeah, I mean, I remember going into comic book stores with you and you literally yeah. having boxes of comic books and putting them there and being like, what can I get for these? And you essentially like almost never getting actual money for it, but usually trading for something that you wanted. Right. Um, I would also like, we would be remiss not to talk about your time working. Like you were at working at what essentially was StockX before <laughs> StockX was StockX. Yeah, it was a it was a used book, CD, and DVD. Not even DVDs. Like half DVDs have yeah, and half VHSs <laughs> called the Book Nook by the Big Chicken in Marietta, Georgia, right yep. next to the Big Chicken. If you don't know what the Big Chicken is, it is what it sounds like. It's a giant <laughs> mechanical chicken uh, that has been attached to a normal size Kentucky Fried Chicken but, in downtown Mar- Marietta. But that KFC also has a gift shop. They, it does. It has a big chicken gift shop <laughs> on the inside. So I would say that's kind of your kind of your trading real origin story. Is right. Like having like you were the man behind the you're like, you know, the Sean Watherspoon of round two sitting behind <laughs> a desk and being like, nah, we'll take this. We won't take this. What yeah. is this? Lord of the Rings uh, pass if it's not the special edition, <laughs> you know, like doing that kind of stuff. It's not the edition that looks like the Bible, so I don't want it, you know? Yeah, that's, that's literally what I was about to say. I was like, people will come in there with that regular clamshell DVD version. I was like, buddy, this ain't even the Lord of the Rings one that looks like a book. Get a, Hey, you know what? Get out of town. Get, get, out, get out of here. Hey, get out of town. <laughs> All right, people of Earth. We got Isaiah, I want to say one of the most majorist guests in history for sure and i said majorist because i had to i had to make up a word because nothing nothing quite encapsulates the superstardom of this person we're about to bring on truly i've i've known her since i was a doorman at the improv a doorman a doorman and you and isaiah used to come with me because he could eat and drink for free i didn't have that would be my only meal of the day the the improv dinner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I used to watch this person destroy on stage. She's truly one of my favorite comics. I I, I, I can't say enough about her. I, I mean, she's truly one of the funniest people on this planet. Uh, she has a special on Netflix called Welcome to Potopia, a star of the first Wives Club television series, host of one of the most majorous TV shows in history truly. also. Truly. The circles. <laughs> That's where we call it. Where I'm from. We call it the, the circles. circles. <laughs> Y'all. Michelle Buteau. Hey, Michelle. Oh, my God. What in the BET award is going on? That was so <laughs> nice. That felt like a wedding speech when no one's getting married. Oh, my God. You know what? Because you part, yes. of, the, you part of the streets and we married to the streets. Look, I remember the first time I met you, um, it was, it was awkward. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I don't know if it was your first or second date with one of my friends. I don't even think it was a date. No, I met, this is, here's a, here's a more embarrassing story. It it was, I guess technically was, 
But we all went to a bar called like the Village Idiot in LA. Oh god. Yes. And, hey Melrose. Yep. And we all got like drinks and food and stuff. And like I think y'all had already started, but I was like, I'll put it on my card. And I uh, put the uh, the remainder of it on my card, but you guys had already closed up. But I was like, let's get more food and drinks. So we ordered all the stuff. And then I went up to the bar to close out. And I, I was like, uh, I'm ready to go. And the bartender was like, your card's declined. And I was like, okay, hold on one second. And y'all were like, let's all leave. And I was like, all right, I'll catch up with y'all. And then I just left. <laughs> and I like left my card there. This is not an exaggeration. I went back like three months later being like, they'll never remember me. I walked in and the dude was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay valid valid i i mean that. yeah but i, I did to... not know the black story on michelle, that michelle i was trying to ball out in front of you and your homegirl <laughs> over nachos and a beer oh no nachos and a few beers okay, okay. which by the way looking okay. back i was like it was probably 27 dollars. yeah and I was that's like, the saddest part i of could it all. not have had less money yeah <laughs> Oh, but look at you now, bud. Look at, look. And it all it took was 15 years to come back on a podcast. But to be fair, he is still my doorman. So <laughs> that's what Yasser is up to. Uh, yeah. He still works the front door of my building. Yeah, so. but, you know, I'm your brother and no one's going to watch you more carefully. <laughs> and uh, I love you. Uh, I love you too, Yasser. <laughs> I was going to say, there's always an awkward moment when I see you, though, because we went to I saw you at like a HBO premiere thing. And um, we asked there was uh, hors d'oeuvres being passed around. And you asked the lady, is this vegetarian? Because I'm vegetarian. And she said, yes, no meat. And you took a bite and it was meat. (laughs) It was like, by the way, not just meat. It was like full on sausage. I was like, you could have gotten further away from what vegetarian means. I know. I was um, like, let me just walk away from this moment. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you for that, though. Um, Next time I'll hold your hair, girl. <laughs> Michelle. If you get sick. First of all, I, you know, in the hood. I will do that. In the hood, they call me girl. <laughs> so you're making yourself real familiar. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michelle. This is, yes. we're, we're, we're talking about collectibles. And I, Isaiah has a question for you because, you know, I, I, as your friend and number one fan, have already spoken too much. But he was like, you know, I don't know her as well. And I'm taller and darker and more handsome. And I feel like I should interject <laughs> myself. And I was like, all right, you didn't have to say all that, but go ahead and ask your question. Um, we did meet once briefly outside of the Hollywood Improv. But neither one of you remember that, so I guess it wasn't oh, that big of a deal. Was it one of those moments where like a show just let out? And yes, it was. A it lot was. of people. Okay. Yes, it was. That, yes, it was. That feels like the end of like the night at the club where everyone's coming out, and it's like that's what you look like. You know what I mean? Or like when the wedding just got done, and we're just like, why is there rice in my eye? So I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I uh, I didn't have the the inner power, inner strength that I have now back then. So if you didn't read it, it was it was me. I had a lot of growing to do. Um, speaking of growing, <laughs> girl, I am so proud of you. What a journey! You speaking better take growing, your space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of growing, growing up, did you collect anything? Is there anything? Oh, we got segue. Yeah, I told you my inner power. <laughs> I can't. I cannot be contained. What in the Steve Harvey is going on, honey? <laughs> So I love anything that is like slightly Caribbean or African that has um, my Zodiac sign on yeah. it. Oh, cool. 
So this is what I've like collected. I used to do stamps, but then we moved and um, there was a flood and postcards because my dad traveled to over 50 countries for his job. So I used to collect postcards. But really what I've held on to over the years is stuff with um, my Zodiac sign on it. Ken, it was, did you mention your dad to be like, oh, Yasser and Isaiah don't don't talk to their dads was that like a thing was that a yeah was that an yeah thing? i'm so glad you i'm so glad you picked up on it okay i just want to make sure because it feels like you didn't need to say that part you could have just said i collect postcards but you were like my dad <laughs> i was like okay michelle thanks so much wait the thing that you were holding up that had your zodiac sign on it what was it just for the, the no, listeners at home let's get back to your dad um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did someone like like cut their finger? Cause we hit a nerve. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is from Jamaica. This is supposed to be a lion. Let's just say it is. We don't know. It kind of looks like someone's single auntie at a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. And okay. this is like the national flower. Okay. And and that's the other things. But what's the, is it a paddle? What do we look, I'm just trying to figure out what the actual item is itself. Or is it just like a beautiful adorned wooden plank? Yeah, you just, hang, yeah, like there's a lot of wood stuff in the Caribbean. Um, huh, you just hang it up. Now, Michelle, besides talking about your dad all the time, you're also known for having kids. <laughs> <laughs> Um, people aren't really talking about the career. They're like, she has a dad and she has kids. And that, you know, yeah. that's what, you know, I would say the two biggest things. But the question I was going to ask is, uh, you know, and, and we're going to get into it for you in a second. But like for for the babies, is there something mm-hmm. like, you know, for you, it was postcards and like Zodiac sign stuff for your, your sweet little kids. Is there anything that you're starting to collect for them that you, you might pass pass down? Is there is there something they're into? Like, uh, you know, anything they've shown interest in, in in that regard? It's funny because there's a lot of gifts from people. And there's like because my uncle's the Archbishop of Jamaica, there's like a lot of Catholic gifts happening it's a lot of mm-hmm. noah's ark type shit being thrown at me right um but husband and i like to get the kids a new pair of adidas's or is it adidas adidai every year for their birthday um so i think the one thing we will end up um collecting or what is it bronzing what do you what do you yeah you bronze we're gonna them, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna taxidermy their first pair of vans. Oh, okay, that you don't have to say it like that. That is uh, that implies uh, <laughs> something else, dear Michelle. Oh, that is something else altogether. So they're oh, God, so you're, they're, they're already sneakerheads without even trying, really. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that they would collect because they destroy everything they love. Huh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, that's kind of how I've been with personal relationships in the past. But <laughs> again, I've grown a lot. I'm stronger than I once okay. was, and uh, I don't do that anymore. Well, you're just a walking Kelly Clarkson song, aren't you? I think so. I think so. Please, somebody okay. tell her. Tell her that. <laughs> um, all right. For you, Michelle, as an adult now. Is there a, a broad swath of things like I like, you know, clothing or bags or shoes or whatever? And if so, is there something that gets more specific? Like, you know, people are, especially StockX customers, are going going ham on like Telfer bags, you know? Like, is that something that... that no, I don't really subscribe into? to any of that bullshit. I do what I like and what serves me in the moment. Yeah. Um, 
And I've always been like that. Like, you know, I'm a plus size bitch. I've been a size 12 since I've been 12. Actually, um, that's why I wrote my book, Survival of the Thickest, Plus Size Essays in a Small-Minded World. Mm-hmm. Bitch! Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I've always had to, like, style myself and find my own way. You know, it wasn't until, like, what, 10 years ago that the fashion industry deemed us worthy of spending our money on their bullshit. So... Yeah, I don't have any of that. I don't have, like, my mom's Louboutins or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. So, nah. What I do like is I like to support Black-owned businesses, especially Haitian people just coming out here trying to make jewelry and shit. Yeah. Like, that's my jam. Okay. Um, not to be all, like, a brown-titty Rachel Maddow, but here the fuck we are. Okay. <laughs> By the way... Who's to yes. say? Oh, that, that's just who, Joy wait, and Who's okay. to say hers aren't also brown? Let's <laughs> let's step back. <laughs> let's ask. Let her. me do the research. <laughs> you know what? Get mad out on the phone. Like, hey, we got a question for you. Uh, <laughs> all right, Michelle. she's probably listening. Yeah. Oh God, I hope not. It truly terrifies me. Um. Okay. Real talk. We we've spoken about you know uh your dad. We've spoken about your book. We've yes, spoken ma'am. about uh, uh, your your uh, wood collectibles. We've spoken about your kids. We've spoken about how Uh-oh. you don't subscribe to any of that stuff. Um, is there anything else that you want to uh, plug? Is there anything else that we should be on on the lookout for you? Should we on be on Bateau Watch 2021 slash 2022 slash 2023 slash 2024 and beyond? Um, I have some things in the works. We're going to go ahead and um, film season three of First Wives Club mm-hmm. available on the PET Plus app. So mm-hmm. if you like quality black content, go ahead and, and reruns of Martin. All the reruns of <laughs> yeah, Martin you could have a motherfucker want. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's also a season four and five of The Circle coming out, which is really fun. It's such a fun show. I mean, VO is dope because I could just like be brawless and, you know, work from uh, like, look how you guys look. You know what I mean? Um, <sighs> okay. Just comfortable. Wow. Just comfortable. Just really comfortable. Okay, my outfit was $10,000, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's a very important show, too, because you can't get away from social media. And it's just like, how does that even look if we make that a competition game? And it's so it's so interesting to me, too, the people that go on there and catfish, because the reasons why they catfish is, sure, it's gameplay, but it says a lot more about society. Like, yeah. I, I'm a pretty girl and everyone's going to fuck with me and not take me seriously. Or I'm a butch lesbian and nobody wants to be friends with her. So I'm right. going to be like, it's right. always interesting. Or like, I'm a bigger person and I can't flirt with anyone because no one finds me attractive. So I'll be because my strategy is flirting. It's like fascinating and also important. So anyway, season four and five of The Circle, I feel like there's some other stuff going on, but I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Um on the podcast, are you yes. willing oh, to no. give your home address so me and Isaiah can come by? No. Okay. Do you have any general advice for us? <laughs> <laughs> Just anything? I have general advice for you and for people, anyone that's listening. Um and I always say this to people too when they're just like, How do I get started in comedy? Which is like such a dumb question. It's like just start. Don't talk yourself out of what you believe in. The most talented people I know are always in a corner, like, second-guessing themselves. And it's just like, 
there are basic people out here making lots of money. You can go out there and just show your shit and do your thing. It'll only get better. Don't be afraid of success or failure. The end. Wow. Okay. That was now, actually really good. Here's the thing. I, I want to give you credit for saying something really smart, but I already have that all tattooed on my back. So <laughs> you can you okay, can Nick you can Cannon. stop you can stop it. you can stop quoting Tuesdays with Maury because I read that passage also. <laughs> P.S. Little known fact: I used to do warm up for the Maury Povich show when I first started stand up <gasps> comedy. Um, I really couldn't do warm up. It just ended up being like dance contest between a, like a white person and a black person. So I was like, what the fuck do I gotta do? And they didn't even pay me. They paid me in pizza slices. Who? See, that's because they knew you knew who your father was, and they were like, she doesn't need any more confidence. That's that show right. specifically for people like me and Zaya. <laughs> should be doing a podcast for 23 and me yeah but they don't on 23 and me they don't be fresh though they be all sad because they're like who's who's this person in relation to me you know they spend all their money on genetic testing they don't they don't really step out the house but it's really great they tell you what you're predisposed to why you might not like cilantro why you have a freckle on your butt it's very interesting if you let it Okay, um, this has been Michelle Bateau for 23andMe. Um, <laughs> we just want to thank everyone so much for tuning in. But no, Michelle, thank you so much for, for stopping by and uh, giving Isaiah the confidence that he's needed. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been fine. Okay, yes, thank you. That's cool. I didn't even know I was doing this podcast. I thought it was Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, no, oh, yeah. he's next. We're the, we're the warm-up for Joe Rogan. So have your horse pace ready, girl. Yeah, he's, he's sick. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's sick right now, so... Um, He's coming a little late. He said he had a pretty I'm going to go bad watch cough. episodes of Fear Factor, <laughs> BRB. Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. From the most historic heat to the latest instant classics, StockX specializes in giving everyone access to what they want and love. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. And thanks to StockX's live marketplace, you have the ability to instantly shop the latest and greatest. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. That's right. You can use the code HISTORYHEAT for free shipping on your first purchase of any order of $240 or more. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now. Oh my God, people of Earth, it is going down in a major way. Isaiah, we got a guest in the building. Okay. We got a major, we got a leader of sorts, a president of sorts, a Joe Biden, a Kamala, if you will, of sorts, a GWB, that's George W. Bush. I would say this next guest is the George (laughs) W. Bush, the George (laughs) W. Bush of HeadGum. That's right. Yep. And I don't want to hear another credit out of this guy's mouth. (laughs) He's for sure the George W. Bush of HeadGum. He's he's the co-founder of HeadGum, co-host of the podcast, If I Were You. People... Make some noise at home. I want you to stomp your feet, clap those hands for Amir Blumenfeld, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Woo. Thank you. Thank Woo. you. I do oh get that a lot. God. So it's cool that it trickled all the way down to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Amir, look, you thought you were going to come on here and just tee hee hee and kiki with your boys, Isaiah, Big J, and Yass. But we got some Katie Cork style questions for you. All right. Okay. 
some morning show cues. style. Yeah. You know, we're, we're coming at you like Reese Witherspoon in the morning show. No mercy. Okay. All right. You ready for this? Okay. I th- um, <laughs> I'm scared now, but yeah, I think I know you should be. That. You should be. Where were you the night of December 12th, 1998? <laughs> Jesus, um. this is gotcha journalism. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, all right. We're going to ask you some Katie Quirk style questions. First one, Amir, there's the collectibles episode. Did yep. you, did you have trading cards as a kid? If so, do you have a favorite one? And ooh, here we go. Here we go with the journalistic integrity. Do you still have that trading card? I, I did buy some as a kid, like, you know, for, you know, you go to a birthday party in third grade and it's 1991 and somebody gives you a pack of whatever skybox basketball cards and you open them at home. Yeah. I remember keeping one Chris Weber card when he was in the Michigan Jersey. I don't know where it is. I remember having a Thurman Thomas, uh, Bill's running back card. I don't know where that is. And then during the pandemic, when everyone was stuck at home talking about how these cards are now worth a lot of money again, I got sucked back into the hobby because it combined my two passions of making a quick and easy dollar and also Nick Van Exel. So together, those <laughs> things came together. Love it. That's right. Yeah. Okay, good. But, hey, and by the way, big shout out to Sick Van Exel. If you, yes. if you at home listen right now. Nick the Quick. Yeah, we with you, boy. We man. always with you, Nick. <laughs> the cool thing about that Chris Weber card when he was in college is that he definitely got paid to make it. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. So that's that's <laughs> my favorite part about that. And the shorts were so baggy they came out of the card. <laughs> Kenyon Martin style. Well, it was filled with the, the shorts. The shorts were sagging because they were filled with money. <laughs> yeah, cash. <laughs> booster, sweet booster cash. Um, so what what kind of cards do you collect now? Uh, are you still in the basketball world? Or? Yeah, mostly basketball. I sort of tried to dabble in football a little bit, but that didn't really appeal to me. I'm more of a basketball fan. I do have one random hockey card in my collection, which is I couldn't afford the Wayne Gretzky card, so I went for the one other player I can name from my childhood, which was a Patrick Waugh, goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, rookie mm-hmm. card. I noticed that there were only 90 of these PSA 10 graded Patrick Waugh rookie cards. I'm like, you know what? If I can't afford a Gretzky, give me the best goaltender. And again, I don't watch hockey, so I can only assume he's the best goaltender of all time because I actually remember what his name is. So I bought one of those too. But the rest of them are basketball. Oh, that's tight. I mean, yeah, I think so. He's like the, again, the only goalie I've ever, yeah. ever heard of. I remember him playing in my Sega Genesis game growing up. I remember Gretzky, I remember Patrick Waugh, and like a few other players. So I went for the one that I remembered, yeah. That that Wayne Gretzky card sold for $3.75 million recently. Yeah, so if I can get so half kind of, of that surprised for the you can't, can't afford that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, honestly, I'm not greedy. I will take that $2,000 card and I will sell it for $1.8 million. That's enough too. Like, I don't need the full Gretzky for it. And if anybody's listening, you can make me an offer at one five. I will gladly take it. Dude, that's really kind of you. This walk card is wow, just burning man. a hole in my pocket. <laughs> okay. Uh, just real quick. I know you think that's the most second most expensive um, hockey card, but I did look. And it is actually Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks. Really? Um, Damn. Yeah. The character Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks who left the nice team to play for the Mighty Ducks. I was going to say, was um, he the one without the dad? But that was Charlie. That was Conway, right? That was, yeah, he that had, was Charlie he was, Conway. He had no dad. Adam Banks was preppy 
slash cake eater remember oh yes cake um, eater, of course yes um very famously so amir you're not doing nearly as well as you think you were um question yeah. for you amir yeah. aka kamala aka george w bush yes what is the most expensive car you own or wow. that you've paid for i went dutch or whatever the three-way equivalent of Dutch is on a LeBron James PSA 9 rookie card. Those were like $10,000 at the time. I'm like, I don't want to spend <laughs> the price of a car on a piece of cardboard. Let me grab two friends that are Laker fans like me. Let's buy a LeBron James rookie card. If it's worth as, half as much as a Michael Jordan rookie card one day, that'll be a fun investment. So we went three-way on this 2003 Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie card. Where does it live? It rotates. So it was in my house a little bit. Now it's in my friend's house, maybe the third friend's house. It's like that Simpsons episode where they split the comic book three ways. Uh-huh. So yes. yeah, he gets oh it on Sundays God. and Thursdays. I get it on Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> and then there's one day a week where, you know, that's God's day. We give it to the, the man upstairs. You give it to the Lord. You just put it in the sun. <laughs> we put it in a hot oh air balloon. God. And if it loves us, it comes back. That is so, so funny. <laughs> The goat deserves uh, the goat. Yeah, yeah. No. The glory, you know? The yeah. god of all yeah. time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and ultra light beam. Yeah. Um, so what's your what's your grail card? Uh, the, the best card that I own or the one that I'm aspiring to get one day? I think a grail is something that you kind of aspire get, to get, in my opinion. Well, since getting into this hobby nine months ago, uh, it seems like the biggest, most expensive, fanciest card is this Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer rookie card. There's like only a certain handful amount of this PSA 10, which is like a mint condition card that's 40 years old at this point. Um, that one was almost selling for a million dollars. So I guess I'll say that's my grill card. Hopefully the market collapses to the point where me and my friends can now invest in that card. Um, we already have the LeBron rookie. And then there's just favorite players of mine growing up. A Nick Van Exel rookie card. An Anthony Peeler rookie card. Let me give uh, Eldon Campbell a shout out. Uh, so there's Eldon like personal grills. <laughs> love yeah. it. Yeah. Wow, personal yeah. grills and then like, you know, famous ones. Just a follow-up. Do you have any cards of a player that you absolutely hate? Yes. Okay. Oh. I invested in a Chris Paul rookie card. Oh, I also hate Chris Paul. I, this, is, wow. this, is fan, this is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. I did it. It just it seemed undervalued at the time, and it was like a black refractor. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a numbered card. It's a Chris Paul rookie card. It looks kind of cool because he's in a Hornets jersey. Dislike Chris Paul as a player. Think he's kind of annoying. Think Super he's annoying. like, you know, not fun to root for, but... It just seemed like a good business investment, so, I guess. So were you like rooting for the Suns in the finals? Because it would have probably doubled in value if he'd won that won that chip. I was kind of conflicted because like I had this Chris Paul rookie card and then I also bet on the Bucks to win the finals before the playoffs started. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Either way, I'm happy. It's a, it's a short-term, long-term situation. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chris Paul has that uncle energy that I just don't like. He's got that. He's just got an uncle, you know, where them kids at. It's the gif of him laughing and then not laughing anymore. Oh, and that's yeah. like his essence. Yeah, it is. Like he's just a, he's a, I don't know, he's a troll. He's he a twerp. He's a, <laughs> he's annoying. But he like, he's so good at it. He's really good and then he also cheats. So like, he, yeah. you don't have to do both, Chris Paul. You're great. You don't have to run into people also and yell at the refs. Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's so annoying. Great basketball player though. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One of the best point guards of all time. All time. Let me not yeah. tank his value. The card is worth 
thousands of dollars, I assure you guys. And I love him personally. <laughs> well, as someone who's known as the Chris Paul of podcasts, no. I gotta say that this is pretty the pod god. pretty conflicting for me. Yeah. Well, it's it's you know what they mean is it's just that like I should be taller and I'm not, and I have really nice eyes. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm so, probably Chris Paul's height. I'm like a little under six feet, which I assume Chris Paul yeah. is. Yeah. In his whack yeah, Jordan, yeah, he's sure. probably a little bit over six feet. Oh my god. Yeah. Um I I, you know, I take shots on every at Chris Paul on every podcast I'm on, yeah. So you know this. Yeah, guy. yeah. This is really, like, this truly is not you're gonna get cast in a state farm commercial with it one day and be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm such yeah, a big yeah. fan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like uh I feel like our own, you know, our best friend, our own Robin Quivers. Jesse, oh, Jesse I'm, had a question. I'm raising my hand. To toss I'm raising my hand. Can't yeah. see it because you're yeah. listening to this. Do but I'm raising my hand. No, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> so, okay, you, you're, you're, you think about these, you know, as investments. Like, how, how much are you really like taking this into account to your, you know, you? I'm sure you're a smart man. You're a financial planner. Yeah, you've read all the books about how to retire at a, yeah. at a young age. You know what? You know how, how big is this actually play into your like long term retirement plans? Is this just funny money, or are you like, you know what? This I, is going to pay for a, for, a, for a lake house someday. I think it's mostly funny money. It's money where it's like, if it, all these cards got devalued, it wouldn't ruin me. Yeah. I'm not like putting my actual life savings into these things. But like at the same time, if they like, you know, five to 10 X, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. I, I was so smart in 2020 that now it's 2036 and this Patrick Waugh card is worth $800,000 because I don't know, he was in a famous murder-suicide and there's only oh 92 God. of these. What? I mean, you know these hockey players. Yeah, the yeah, goalies their, their get enough hits. Good. Their heads aren't good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take enough hits. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't want it to happen, but I'm just saying I'm financially incentivized for Patrick Waugh to maybe go crazy one day, kill a few people hey. himself. Hey, Amir, you're saying that now, but the value of my Chris Benoit trading card <laughs> tanked. Tanked really? after that whole thing. Yeah, Jesus. man. So be careful. Now I don't know what to root for. I'm yeah. really conflicted. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll say don't root for a murder-suicide. Okay. That's, that's what fair. I But say. you know what? You called me the George Bush of podcasting. So now I oh, yeah, very yeah. Much like yeah, he's doing it. He's yeah. doing the George Bush. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw my shoe at you. <laughs> now watch this drive. Remember that from yeah. Fahrenheit 9-11? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. That was that was the – was that the – was that the closing thing yeah. or was the closing thing him stumbling over the shame on you quote? Oh, no, I think it was that. Now watch this drive. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Great man, drive. Man. Great. Golfer. One of the best, one of the best comedies, Fahrenheit 9-11. <laughs> yes. People don't talk about it that much. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> Do you guys remember that shoe that they, they threw at George W. Bush? Yeah. He ducked it really well. Yeah. We have, we have that on StockX. Wow. Yeah. You have that what, shoe. What, what is it? Uh, it's a Air Max one. Oh, wow. man, that's a decent sneaker. You're tucking your good shit at yeah. George W. Bush. Right, oh. left. No, he that, That's why it was such a powerful political point. I would have worn a pair of Reeboks. <laughs> He'd just thrown like a beater at it. It wouldn't, wouldn't have made yeah, nearly I mean, as much of them. This is the damn chucking a shoe at Bush. I, I'm wearing some Asics. One of one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shape ups. I have the shoes. I, I bought them off StockX. I have the shoes that... Terry Crews was wearing when he tweeted, uh, <laughs> "BLM is becoming black supremacists." Wow! Um, those? Yeah, yeah, they're worth four bucks. Damn it! Uh, yeah, they're worth four bucks. I I sold them to someone who works at Newsmax. Um, Amir, it feels like Amir, it feels like. You are like, I love what these guys are talking about, but I gotta go. No, no, so, not at all. 
Look, man, it's so clear you got to go. Okay. So, you know what? You should just get out of here, okay? Thank you. And thank you for having <laughs> um, me. Oh, hey, man, thanks man, for you being on. First of, all, first of all, don't play us like that. You begged us. You were literally begging us. Every email, every text, every tweet. We, well, you know, Isaiah, pull up the tweets where Amir was begging us to be on the podcast. Those were DMs. We don't have to air yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage people yeah. to go to my Twitter. Um, okay, Amir, Amir, you've already, you know, we've plugged the podcast. We've yep. plugged how you are our boss. Hell yeah. Um, you did it all. And we got it out of there, the way. Do you want to, well, do you want to give everyone your home address real quick? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's 318 South Broadway Avenue, New York. Uh-huh. New York. Uh-huh. Um, 104. That's it. That's the zip code. One okay, zero. no, there's... Okay, and there's for sure... To, come on, where's the apartment number? Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. No, it's a full Give townhouse. I sold the walk card oh. and I bought a three... Yeah, <laughs> nice, a split nice little level. Nice little brownstone. Two family in Park Slope. Yeah. Uh, God. All right, Amir, for real, thank you thank so you much very for much, joining man. us. Really and, uh, hang out hang out a little bit longer so you can give me and Zay a ride. Oh, my gosh. All right, fine. Can <laughs> I leave now and call you guys an Uber? Do I have to wait? <laughs> no, no, you have to wait. <laughs> All right, fine. I don't want to wear a mask, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. We are back with, I would say, probably one of the least liked segments on the show, according <laughs> to uh, Twitter, Instagram, and his family. Yep. Uh, we're here for uh, the prices hype with senior StockX economist. Again, not... Not very beloved, no. Jesse Einhorn. Um, <laughs> we brought, we did, we keep having him back, even though people are like, definitely not. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the big thing. I would say, like, people stop me on the street. And they yeah, don't really know. know me like that, but they're like, you're Yasser Lesson? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you, the Jesse guy, yeah. big no. And they do a thumbs down, yeah. you know. No, it's like my dad, uh, my dad actually sent Yasser an email being like, can you, can you just like not have the segment? I'm, I'm I love the podcast. Right. But I'm tired of hearing this guy talk. Right. And that's my dad. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 seat on that email yeah, yeah. he was bcc he yeah. actually he you were a bunch of people were, were actually cc'd he doesn't know the difference between bcc and cc uh, okay, okay so okay. like he actually put like all, like my teachers growing up yeah like yeah. a couple cousins you were on that and like he couldn't even figure out how to bcc it so it's like i saw them all mm, and yeah. uh it was really uh a blow to my well i was gonna say yeah, and this is weird but your girlfriend called isaiah on facetime and said <laughs> can you stop like i don't like the way jesse sounds yeah. on the podcast Ever, you remember that yeah i've yeah. never there's never been such a consensus of, yeah. of, around around a single issue <laughs> than like me not doing the signal. But you know what? Contracts we gotta the contract. Keep doing, we we got to keep, keep doing, doing it. it. Wow. So let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so how are the kids on the streets um, in their uh, their homes, houses that I'll never be able to afford to buy <laughs> making money off collectibles? Yeah. I know. I mean, it's it's crazy. Stepping back for a moment, it's like you know we've been we we talk about this a lot at StockX, which is like this new. There's this new paradigm emerging of alternative asset class investing, and it's like no one just wants to invest in like Walmart stock anymore or like you know whatever Oklahoma real estate. Like everyone wants something that's both like culturally meaningful but also kind of like financially savvy. And and there are a number of these products that have emerged: sneakers, but also collectibles, trading cards, comic books um, that serve this kind of dual function. Right? They are both you know cool to consume, right? They're cool to own and collect, but they also are like, you know, kind of a savvy investment. 
Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of talked about this before, but like, especially with like a collectibles market, you as senior economists, are there like tangible cultural moments or things that you can look to and say like, this has affected the price of, for the sake of argument, not even just like sneakers, but like things all around, like now collectibles have gone up or like trading cards yep. have gone up because LeBron talked about it or, you know, whatever. Yeah, trading cards are, are probably the best example because there's like a really predictable uh, kind of movement, both in like the overall market and then specific cards. So it's like, yeah, like when a player gets injured value goes down, right? When a player gets like inducted in the Hall of Fame, value goes up. But then there's like crazy seasonal stuff like pretty much every time the NBA draft rolls around, like the market heats up and like prices start start going up. And so there's like, you know, I think trading cards are maybe the best example of that. But then like outside of that space, there's obviously, I don't know if we talked about before, but like, you know, with sneakers, for instance, the last dance had this like huge effect on on sneaker prices, particularly Jordan prices, and also like Pippin, Pippin stuff on StockX, Robin stuff, it all went up in value. Um, and so those kind of cultural moments can also be huge for, for sneaker collecting as well. Okay, I have two questions. One, do you guys think Scottie Pippin is okay? And number two, if you had a trading card, a trading card of yourself, and someone put it on StockX, what do you think the highest it would go for is? <laughs> Uh, I think right now, like I'm gonna give myself fifty bucks. <laughs> I'm, I, go, I'm going for fifty. Okay. Would it be like one of the? It's like they make you know they make kind of insert chase cards. There's like refractors and like autos. Let's would it be an say, auto card or would well, it just be like a base know, card? We'll, we'll say base, but it's a rookie. Okay. It's a Jesse Einhorn. It's a rookie. It's an Isaiah Lester rookie. Yeah. I think like I I. I I would say like a hundred, a hundred bucks. I got some people in my life willing to pay. Uh, oh, to pay money. Wow. Yeah. wow. Okay. No. Okay. But that's, Despite that's the email. A, no, but that's a thing. Yeah. It has to be like, it's just, it. Oh, it can't be friends and no, family. No, no, oh, no, no. Then like, just like, a, uh, I don't, 10, 10 bucks, 10 five bucks, bucks maybe. Okay. What about you? Yes. I was going to say 50 bucks. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say that, not that there's anything special. I think so. Seeing one person bid on it would drive it just enough to at, once it got to 50, someone would be yeah. like, wait, who is this guy? <laughs> right. There'd be like some hype. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would just yeah. kind of be like, oh, I got to get it. Right. Wait, right. There'd what? be like some, yeah. some y- y- Yasser rookie FOMO <laughs> right. in the marketplace. Um, but yes, I, and then Pippin being okay. I mean, I hope so. It was like, you know, we got, there was a lot of interest in the last dance when, when that came out and, and it was like 99% of questions about that team when it comes to StockX are like, tell me about Jordans. But right. that week, the week of the Pippin episode, People wanted to know what Pippin products were doing on StockX, and yeah. it was it's nice to give the guy oh, give the guys flowers. I mean, he's so good. It's just like I just like that now he's gone full Phil Jackson sucks, Michael sucks. Yeah. It's just very he's better. Um, he's a bitter guy. He's, he's a, a bitter. Guy. He had a good life though. He had a so good life, you know. But future will ruin if once future is involved in your life. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> it is a it is a state. It is a grease mark. You cannot get out of a t shirt. <laughs> So if Future's listening, please stay away from me and my family. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, We all understand why certain products go up in value, like a classic Jordan 1 Chicago. That's an iconic sneaker. It makes sense that it would grow more valuable over time. But what are some reasons why values go down? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a super important question. And it's one a lot of people ask. You know, what for sneakers, right? There's a really obvious one. The, the biggest risk, if you're like a sneaker investor, is restocks. And it might be so obvious yeah. that you don't even think about it, right? But it's like, it really, if you're an investor, 
in these things and like your portfolio is built around, you know, say like easy three fifties. If Kanye goes on a run and starts restocking, like, you know, 10 colorways of the original easy three fifty V twos, like you're going to lose significant value. Uh, we actually did like a study of this and tried to quantify like how much restocks affect, you know, easy values. And because Kanye was doing this a lot, there was a, he still does it a lot, but there was a period where it was like every other week there was a new restock. And we found that values for, for after those restocks went down between like 30 and 50% on average, right? So like if you had a, you know, like a easy Beluga 2.0 and it was worth $400, like it would be down to, you know, 250, uh, right. maybe even, maybe even $200 after the restock, um, prices would go back up eventually, but like, it's a pretty significant hit. And like, you know, with Kanye, especially that was an interesting time too, because you probably remember he was like on this tear where he was like, I'm going to democratize access to Yeezys. I'm going to make it so everyone, you know, there's a Yeezy in every household. Um, and like, and like, you know, what, what that was basically signaling is that there's going to be a huge influx of supply and that there's like the, the runs on these things is going to be huge. And so like, that was a real risk. And there was, there was a, there was like a, a few months there where, where, where Yeezy price premiums and Yeezy prices like really bottomed out. And it was like, um, you know, again, it's like it, there's a there's a bright side to this, right? It meant that more people could buy them at retail, but like as an investment, it it was not good. And you know, and also I would argue that it's not great for the brand either. Like there has to be a certain amount of hype and exclusivity around these things, right? But with something as uh, I don't know as iconic as the Yeezy brand, does that matter as much? Because like he does restock them and he does do all this stuff, but he still sells out whatever shoe he puts out every single week. So yeah. is it I, is it more important for other brands to be more aware of that than it is to say like a Yeezy who's going to sell a shoe no matter what? Or if it's like, let's say if it's like they're going to redo the cross, the air cross trainer bow nose one, the medicine ball shoe, you know, like that I see or like the Kobe Grinch, even when the Grinch came out, because that, that was like my grail. And I got the restock, which ended up being essentially a quarter of the price of what the OG was worth on the market. Um, is it is it the brand though? Because I do think that in a weird way, Kanye's kind of won by doing that. Because like, again, the same thing happened where there was a pair of shoes that only released in Asia that he released yep. here that I got, that he re-released yep. here. And I was just like, oh, these are significantly cheaper, but I don't know. Is that one specific pair though? Like, I, I don't know, like, and I know like there's rumors of like the Beluga reflectives coming out soon that are he's supposed to the room the word on the street is that he's releasing a million pairs of them. So yep. clearly the Beluga OG will be more valuable than the reflective. But I was just wondering, like, does it matter more for certain brands than it does for others? I do think, I mean, I do think Kanye has a certain degree of like um invulnerability to this just because he is such right. a strong brand. But but, you know, two points I'll make. One is that, like, you know, there was that time, I think it was like 2000, I want to say like late 2019, 2020, where they were, there were so many easy releases and the, there was the releases were, there were so many of them that prices really were like kind of bottoming out and they weren't selling right. out. There were a couple instances where they would sit on shelves and like you could get them for days and like, you know, right. alarm bells were going off, um, you know, I'm sure in Calabasas and and to some degree, you know, also in, you know, among among the day traders and and resellers and and, and investors in these products because it was like, oh, this could be the end of, of the easy brand. Wait, can and I then, ask, like, a, can I interject sure. with a question? Yeah, because absolutely. here's, here's, here's the, uh, if we're talking about like the stock market of it all and the investment of it all, like it's, again, so much of it is speculation, right? 
And I think that also what we're talking about that I think can't be separated from that is the idea that like Kanye became like publicly became like this hated figure for a second, right? Not amongst me and Zaya, but like, um, <laughs> but he was yeah. on a, you know, it was the Trump stuff. There was like a lot, there's the red hat stuff, like him and Jay-Z, like there was all these things happening, like an yeah. announcement for running for president. So it's like, do the, the hard part for me to reconcile is how much of that was actual public disdain that was yeah. happening along with uh, a huge surplus of shoes. Because I wonder if had he just, for the sake of, had, does, if and, and this again, this is a speculation, but if Kanye stays quiet and releases the same amount of shoes, does he still sell out? And I think December actually will be kind of, this December will be the, the kind of marker or litmus test for that, right? He's releasing 14 Yeezys this month. And yep. like, this is politically the quietest he's been in a long time so i guess maybe we'll see but anyway sorry i was just wondering no, if, I mean, if that's a, they look at that that's a great that's a that's a great point i mean there was like this is i think a this is not a debate that most people know about because most people aren't this deep in the weeds but there was kind of and there is this like kind of debate right it's 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 basically a demand side versus supply side debate about why Yeezys sort of had that had that low point the the supply side argument is that there was just too many Yeezys being released and the demand side was like the maga hat and like your right. point is that yeah if he takes out the mag takes takes the maga hat off and it's just the supply side this this december and we get 14 Yeezys like you know, will will we see the same kind of effect on prices or will these still be like real investable, like high quality investments? And that's a great it's a great like sort of natural experiment. It's like, you know, ideally he would like change his party registration and like, you know, endorse, you know, Pete Buttigieg for uh, for, for for president. So we could get like a pure <laughs> A-B test of like, you know, how Kanye's <laughs> politics affect. I honestly think saying he's for Pete Buttigieg would actually hurt him more. <laughs> <laughs> he puts a, he does like a panic at the disco. Oh, like, my dance. God. But I yeah, I truly be like oh, I, I would be like I'm out. <laughs> yeah, that might kill it. I mean, yeah. I, it is like a very it you know it's a super interesting and, and kind of open question. I will say that like yeah. you know what we saw to to give us another data point like what happened with Pharrell NMDs where they released just a ton of Pharrell NMDs in like 2017. Yeah, and the and the they went used to be one of the most like high quality investment sneakers yeah. you could find. Like prices would stay up, and they released. We did a study of this like the number of releases during that like 2017 era. It was insane. Like it was like one every other week. They went from being very limited to being ubiquitous and prices just collapsed. Like these sneakers yeah. used to go for three times, four times retail and they then they would not sell out. They would go for like under retail and it took, it's taken years. I don't know if they've ever, they really haven't come back in any meaningful it way. It hasn't fully recovered. It hasn't fully recovered at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not for the MD. Yeah, not for the NFTs. And so going back to your, obviously we've gone on a tangent here, but going back to your like original question, like what causes prices to go down? Like what are the risks? Like this is one of the main risks, which is like brands, you gotta be like, you gotta, you gotta have a certain amount of faith that the brands will be smart about their supply strategy and that they'll be, you know, somewhat like restrained in terms of how, how, how far they push it. Cause there's always going to be the incentive on the brand part to like make more money and sell more sneakers and sell more toys and comic books, whatever. Um, but like, they also have to be smart and you got to have to trust them to be smart that they're not going to flood the market and just kill everything. Uh, cause that can really happen. An analogy, right. another analogy, right. Is what happened in the nineties with trading cards, right? Like, um, you know, in the, at the peak of the junk wax era, uh, the card companies were making 81 billion cards 
a year. Eighty-one oh billion God. they were making. And like uh, you and I, you got you we're from this era, right? Like if you bought cards between like eighty-eight and like ninety-four, right? Like those cards aren't gonna be worth anything now because there was just so many of them. They were just pumping them out, and it was like it just killed the hobby. Um, yeah. and I think this is something that like the lessons have been learned, like the brands have learned this, like you can't get too greedy. You can't put too much product out because like, you're going to kill like any kind of investment market there is. Yeah. Well, Jesse, first of all, you yeah. talked way too much. So I, 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 I will say it feels like it's time for you to ask us questions. <laughs> Let's do some questions. We'll do a quick lightning round. I want to, I want to test some knowledge here, what we learn. Uh, and we're going to be there's a quick Q&A about investments and collectibles. So let's start out with this. So I'm going to give you four kind of types of assets, and I want you to rank which are the most profitable from, from best to least. Uh, and so we're going to start out with Jordan 4s is one, Cause Collectibles, two, Air Max 1s, three, and then the Dow Jones Industrial is four. Uh, so... so <laughs> So those are your four. Those are your four categories, and we're going to be looking at just to give you a time frame. Let's say from the beginning of 2020 to the present. You know which of those four, from from best to least, was the was the best investment versus the worst investment? Uh, Air Max lowest, Dow Jones, Cause Figures, Jordan Fours. Jordan Fours being most valuable. I'm going to go Jordan Four, Cause Figure, Air Max. Dow Jones. Okay. So the answers are, and I got to say, this is, this was taken a couple months ago that we did this analysis. Um, Dow Jones is actually last and the S&P 500 is last. Uh, It's like 30 or 40%. Air Max ones second to last with a 50% price appreciation since 2020. Cause figures are number two. Uh, They've appreciated by about 60 or 70% on average since 2020. Jordan fours are up there at a hundred percent price appreciation. Right. Since 2020. I think I, yeah, I, I was going to say I Isaiah think, nailed it. Just nailed it. Isaiah nailed it. the list. Damn. He nailed the list. That was good. Uh, All right. You know, again, I may have like zero effect on people and maybe just generally like, uh, uh, uh you know, listen, a strong emotion, but yes, sir, you consistently come in second in these guessing games. And I almost oh. think that's like, Whoa. maybe a more, oh, a more, got the blade a more out. humbling fact. Jesse got oh, the blade. Hey, first of all, a little bit of spicy mustard on the sausage there. Yikes. All right, everyone. That was a resident nerd, Jesse Einhorn, StockX senior economist. It's probably just tip tapping away on one of those calculators that prints out the, the numbers. Like you wears, have to crank it as you go. Yeah. And like, <laughs> he wears a little a visor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you have to be union? Do you have to be in a union? Yeah, Jesse. Jesse, do you have to be union? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're with uh, we're with uh, we're with Unite here. Okay. I here's the thing. Again, people can't see you, so they can't see that you're wearing a little visor and a tiny little bow tie and a vest as you crank yep. away at your little dumb little calculator. Um, but we want to thank you for stopping by and giving us your nerd knowledge. Um, again, you didn't have to, and it feels like we we actively disinvite you every time, and you still show up. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I just want to say solidarity. Appreciate you supporting our union, and uh, you know, it's like <laughs> we'll see you on the senior economist picket line. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Yeah. All right, um, Zay. 
you know what we got to do now, right? A storm front is coming through. You know what I'm saying? A heat wave. Or uh-huh. maybe, maybe a cold pressure thing. Yeah. I was going to say, where's, <laughs> there's never any love for the cold fronts. We just talked about the heat wave. Yeah. We don't talk about the cold fronts. We don't talk, we don't talk about the chilly chill. We don't, you know, we never, we never get it into it as some icy boys. <laughs> <laughs> so icy, man. So icy. Okay. But this is, you know, the, you know, we're going to try and forecast some heat, right? Families, you know, they used to take pride in having like huge movie collections at home, right? Me still being one of those guys. Um, I'm families by myself, me, my mm-hmm. wife, and my dog. Um, but but now it's weird, right? We all we also moved from like records to CDs to uh, to MP3s and streaming, and now records are cool again, right? Here's my question to you: Do you think like a DVD, a Blu-ray? Does that become cool again? Or in general, what do you think is coming back? Like a even like a card you'd want to buy. I know you have some that we need to talk about, but any dope merch or collectibles from the pandemic, anything like that? I I think what's going to be like in terms of a really good strong collectible, for one, yeah, I do. I do think DVDs will be cool again. I think any old technology will be cool again. Yeah. I think that like uh any ear wired earbuds that aren't Apple, you know, there's like old headphones and like CD players. You see places like that'll have like the first, you know, first generation iPhone. It's like 10 grand. I think you'll definitely see a lot more of that, especially as we move into like a metaverse and people will be wearing headsets for stuff and they won't be looking at a computer screen as often as they are now or like a laptop screen. So I do think, I think like old technology will be something and just like, you know, (laughs) a like it's like as scary as this is, but like a robot that was just a toy and not also your best friend. Like they will be in <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> that was that will also be very popular. But like, oh. yeah, I do. I do think that kind of stuff um, will will always be popular from here on out. It is. It's like finding old stuff from like you know the like kitschy stuff from the fifties and sixties, like an old Easy Bake Oven. It's like now it'll just be stuff that we kind of grew up with. But in terms of what I think the future is going to have in terms of collectible, I think it's going to be like newspapers and magazines, like even more so as it even more so as it is than it is now. But to like have a Time magazine cover with like whoever on it or like the person of the year from 1994, that'll be like a big get because papers are dying. Right. So I think to have that like an old like an old newspaper or something. I, I think like that will be a collectible thing. A, the sports section from when Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year, just stuff like that, I think right. would be valuable. The sports section from the Ray Lewis being in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like the, yeah, the Snitcher Bowl, the Snitcher Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Lewis when he's he's dancing, it's like he's not screaming; he's snitching. He's screaming somebody's name yeah, after yeah. he does that little it's dance. Like, he's like, His name was. My <laughs> man, bad guy. <laughs> that's what that's what I think. Yeah. Um. I think it'll be stuff like yeah, the stuff that we're no longer about to start making. Like yeah, I think people naturally will want to collect those things. It's really interesting. Um, that's what about call. you? Mine's goofy just because they haven't happened yet, but I do think they're going to come back. I don't know how long they'll last, and I mean that sincerely. But 
I genuinely think like collectible like cups and mugs. Like remember when it was like you would get like the plastic cup that's like Disney presents or like, you know what I'm saying? Like a big gold yeah, cup like that just, was like. It would be like a big scape of like art all yes. around it that would start to wear off. Yeah. I weirdly think it's going to be stuff like that because like those things, they still make those things, right? Like if you go to a Super Bowl or a World Series, like a sporting event, whatever, like all those things still exist, but they don't hold any value. Whereas when we were kids, like you would like run to a Burger King to get one of them, right? No, you get the, yeah, they're doing five, a set of five out of five. And you had to yeah. get like, I got one through, I got one four and five i need the other ones yeah like yeah you definitely get that yeah like yeah i actually just because the braves you know uh braves just won the world series shout out to the braves i bought a bunch of that stuff yeah i got i got the cup and i got the (laughs) the pin i got like you know the novelty towel yeah things of that nature but yeah, you're right. It wasn't, and they were, you know, they were very cheap. It wasn't like an expensive thing. Right. But that's an interesting choice. I I, I think that because like what you're saying is the smarter answer because that holds a tangible, it holds a tangible value over time. But cups are those things that do go up and down. And I think right now they just haven't had their moment again yet. And I think they're about to because we've kind of touched on all the other like collectible touchstones, like other than, like, you know, for the sake of, like, Beanie Babies, which might have a resurgence. But, like, other than that, I think the thing that w- we will be seeing is, like, a, a um, is a, like, cup thing. A cup thing? A, a cup resurgence. <laughs> that a is that resurgence. is so weird to me. Maybe maybe Lil Wayne will OD with the double cup, like a Disney princess double cup. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, is, my, that is a bad way to end this episode. <laughs> He'll survive. That is just not a great way to do this one, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> but that what if he's just like, it was Princess and the Frog. <laughs> oh no, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, personally, I've collected. I started doing cards a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm just like dabbling in cards again. Yeah. I actually ended up buying a pack of cards on a whim. And it had a Jalen Green rookie in it with a piece of his jersey, and I was like, "Oh, this is I'm off to a flying start." That's so crazy. I like I get why I get the hook uh, the hook now because like I want right. to buy five more boxes after that, but that's right. not going to be in there again. I just got super lucky, right? You yeah, know? No, and now sure. like and now I want Jalen Green to just shine with his locks and his his long pretty hair. <laughs> you know, he's got he he's like he got like the pom pom. Yeah. Braids, you know, like for the girl, the little girl from the Proud family. Yeah. He's got like that. He's got that yeah. look going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I feel like you ending it on like a little Wayne Jalen Green thing is way worse than me calling it a cup thing, but I digress. <laughs> it's Ariel. <laughs> the little mermaid drinking all something blue. It's like, you mean the ocean? You mean the ocean? <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to History of Heat presented by StockX oh, and HeadGum. Uh, the first nerd, everyone knows his name. Uh, my name's Jesse Einhorn. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. And my co-host, my co-host and my best friend, his name is... Isaiah Lester. And I'm Yasser Lester. Thank y'all so much for listening, and we will be right back with y'all soon. Peace.
That was a HeadGum Original.